Marchioness de Montespan and her friend Françoise d'Aubigné leave the small, dark house of Thérèse Lesage, the fortune teller, stepping out bravely into the dark and lonely Paris streets. They neither see nor suspect the eyes that watch them carefully from the darkened windows of the room where such revelations were made to them. The eyes belong to Thérèse Lesage herself and a small, strongly built man with bright red hair. Thérèse's eyes are large and bright like those of a woman in a trance but the watery blue ones of her companion are sharp with greed and cunning, and his rough voice has an edge of cruelty as he speaks. There they go. The court's great lady. Out in the streets, alone and unafraid. Did I do well, Walter? Did I say what you wanted me to? Have I done what I should? You did well, Therese, except for two things. What did I do wrong? I thought we'd agreed to tell Madame d'Aubigny a harmless just to keep her amused. And you, you spill such dangerous words as Queen of France. I couldn't help it, Walter. I couldn't. What I said was the truth. No matter. Your second mistake was the worst. What else did I do? You were so carried away with the lady's aura and the fate you say is hers. You forgot to take her purse. Oh, what are you doing? Putting on my coat. You don't think that I'm ungentlemanly enough to let the future queen stagger all the way back to the Palais Royal carrying so weighty a bird. Oh, no, no, you mustn't. The Marchioness is a great lady. If you were seen... Have no fear. No one will see me. The streets of Paris are full of thieves and robbers by night. I shall return safely to you with the purse of the future queen of France. As the small, dark shadow of Walton slips silently out into the Paris streets, another larger shadow is standing not far away. It is Joel, hesitant, uncertain of himself in this strange, dark capital. Since Mademoiselle de Tremblay has announced her intention of staying near the Palais Royal, Joel also is determined to find lodging in that quarter. But Paris is dark, deserted, and unfriendly. Truly, what a great city is this capital of France. Without doubt, a place to be admired. But alas, I am lost. And there is no one from whom to ask my way. The sly shadow that his walton slips unnoticed past him, but the quick hurrying footsteps of two ladies sound welcoming in his ears. At last, the place is not deserted after all. Citizens' wives out late at night, surely they will know the way. But by my troth, how fast they walk. With quick stride, Joel follows, but the ladies go faster yet. Madame, without doubt we are pursued. You are right. I must have been recognized. Alas, I have many enemies at court, and now they have hired an assassin to be rid of me. Did you see the size of him? Madame, he is a giant. You started shadows, Francois. It is the light makes him appear so tall. Madame, I can go no further. I am blessed with courage, Francoise. Here is the new bridge. 
We may need a patrol or night watch who will protect us. Turn down this little lane. We may avoid him by so doing. They turn quickly into the dark alleyway. Francois glancing fearfully back over her shoulder. At the corner, the quiet shadow that is Walton waits in a dark doorway, muttering softly to himself. As Joel approaches, he calls to him. Well, Miss Comrade. Who's that? I cannot see. What are you doing there in that dark doorway? Waiting, Comrade. Then perhaps you could tell me... Which way the birds have flown? But certainly, down the lane they went fast as their pretty feet could take them. But they'll be back. But it's a dead end. And so I wait. And you with me, no doubt. I do not understand you. I suppose it will be the usual division, share and share alike. One of them carries a heavy purse, I know. What? Do you take me for a thief, then? Oh, oh, oh I love a man with a sense of humor. Quiet. Here they come, man. And there you go, villain. <laughs> <coughs> that'll teach you, comrade. Lie in the gutter, then, and consider your misdeeds. Ladies, you may come forward now. I have disposed of this rogue. And in return, I ask a very small favor. A favor? It is very small, I do assure you. But I should be most grateful if you could direct me to the Palais Royal. Direct you? Oh, what a pleasure you are. This that you have followed us so long. Madam, I have been forced to gallop after you. For... I am a stranger here, and cannot find my way without help. I mean no blame to you when I say you have given me much trouble. Then you are not a thief? Indeed, no, madam. I should be truly obliged if you could direct me on my road. One moment, sir. I take you to be the land cavalier. That I could not say. Perhaps if the test be to chastise such a knave as he there in the gutter... But what more can I do for you? Paris at night is no place for helpless women, monsieur. We have been misled from our past and may have further such ugly meetings before we reach home. We cannot yet dispense with the shield of your arm and your ready courage. I beg you, sir, do not leave us weak and lonely in the dead of night. Oh, indeed. I had my plea, sir, but I am much afraid. Ladies, in that case, I am at your service. Then take my arm, sir, and we will go. Tell me, sir, what business have you at the Palais Royal? I have a... acquaintances there. Persons whom I ought to keep near to in order to lend them assistance when required. What may your name be? I am not sure what it may be, but it is Joel, for want of a better. May I ask yours? Athenaeus. And it fits you like a glove. Athenaeus. A name both majestic and impossible. <laughs> and you think I am a little that way? Indeed, yes. You wear the dress of a citizen's wife, but you look like a great lady of the court. Master, oh, such a compliment. It is plain Brittany belongs to France. You dress like a countryman, but your tongue is silvered like a true courtier. And yet I am a countryman, plain and simple. Neither plain nor simple if my eyes do not deceive me. Oh, Squire Joel, how slippery the pavements are. Oh, 
excited to my arm. I beg of you that I may be safe. Oh, it's a pleasure, Mr. Satanese. But what about your friend? May she not slip also? Francois is very steady-footed. I thank you for your thoughtfulness, monsieur. Well, Joel, I waited that you came to Paris to seek your fortune. Am I right? Yes, again, and you will be wrong. To make my fortune is my aim. Oh. Dame Fortune is the only one of the fickle sex that attracts you. Woman? Oh, dear, no, not a woman, but a man I come to seek. A patron lord, perhaps? A lord, I believe, but more than a patron. The arbiter of my future, my fate, my all. Sounds dramatic, indeed. Whom do you seek, then? Uh, Watch your footing here, Mr. Satanese. The road is very rough. I was asking you for whom you search. Uh, a little to the left. Mind the water. <laughs> oh, you Breton. It is thus you threw the hounds off the fence. Politeness merely veils a secret you do not wish to disclose. It does not belong to me, mistress. But to one who is dead. Keep it then, my friend. That is not the sort they steal in Paris. But tell me, if you do not find this man, what then? Become a soldier of the king. I am certain you would make your way where there are blows to deal and dangers to face. Such good looks and valor. My companion, have you not a sweetheart? I have not what we call a sweetheart. But what my beloved. <laughs> oh, heavens, the lad is besotted. Tell me, sir, how long have you been affected this way? To speak the truth, lady... Only this evening. And how did you know? By my heart, mistress. My pulse beat as if I had a fever. The blood rushed about me as though it was water when a dam had burst and seemed a fiery fluid. My heart grew too large for my breast and my temples were encircled with a crown of fire. <laughs> Why, this is the grand passion or I am no judge. Such a flame is not often encountered. The real one. Good and ardent. Never before did womankind produce such an effect on me. You take it if it seems natural. And what do you offer this lady? All that I have. Nothing to speak of but my life. Oh, you would defend this idol against anybody. And if anyone conspired her injury... I would kill. Even you would I kill. Even me? You mean, can I have heard of right? You would kill even me? I would stab the king himself if he intended mischief to Aurora. Aurora? The lady of my love. Oh, I have never loved before, nor shall I love but her. And she shall be my wife. I swear it as soon as I can conquer what will make me worthy of her hand. What is it? Why do you take your arm away, mistress? The roads are no longer slippery. I no longer need your assistance. Besides, we have arrived. Uh, arrived? Here? This is called the Grey House. It is where we live. Madame, my lady, it is you. I was afraid you were so long away. Rene, I am quite safe, as you see. I was well protected. Ask Honorin to have the horses put to the carriage at once and drive this gentleman to the Palais Royal with all his. Goodbye to you, then, Squire Joel. It is always folly to set the burden of real love upon one. But when one is trying to reach a fortune, then it is rank stupidity. Farewell. Farewell, Mistress Atenay. She has gone. What a strange woman. Squire Joel, 
My noble friend, the Marchioness de Montespan, who has just left you... Marchioness? But I thought... My noble friend, I say, has omitted to thank you for the service you did us. If ever you have need of my services, do not hesitate to come and knock at this door and call upon your friend, Francoise Daubigny. You are very kind, but I have a strong arm and a great sword. What could you do for me, mistress? I do not know. But one day you may need a friend. You may need me, Squire Joel, sooner than you think. (laughs) 